0: Hey friends, I'm Michael Kingswood and it's story time. And this week's going to be a two chapter week or a two episode week rather because I missed last week. And for that, I apologize. No good excuse except has uh, been busy working a lot and then working some more, paying some stuff, visiting family, having grandparents come to visit kids. You know how that goes. Anyway, um, we'll get right back to it. You guys have been chomping at the bits. Uh, for the next two chapters of Outdweller, Glimmer to Chronicles number two, and I'm going to give them to you right now. These are chapters 24 and 25 in this episode, written by me, read by Kevin Sapp about a year ago when we made this audiobook. Hope you enjoy the chapters, and I'll get back to you after them. Talk to you on the flip side. 24.
1: Unlikely Allies We don't have much time. Julian found it hard to argue with Lauren's statement, but all the same his words, and more in particular his tone, made Julian want to punch him. "'Speak for yourself,' he said, glancing around at the ring of men surrounding them. "'I have all the time in the world, Magister.' He added a bit of contempt to the last word, just because. Lauren quirked an eyebrow at him, then turned his gaze toward Melanie. "'The outdweller gets further away by the moment, my lady,' The My Lady contained all manner of derision. We can track it for a time, but that time is not indefinite. Melanie looked confused. Lauren smirked ever so slightly. Oh, you cannot track it. I'm so sorry. He looked away from her, disdainfully, toward Radric. Is this, he gestured toward Melanie, half-trained and mostly ignorant harlot really worth risking your town for, Constable? Melanie's eyes grew wide, and she drew herself up, inhaling deeply through her nose. Radric raised a hand toward her, ordering calm from his demeanor and expression alone. For a moment, Julian thought Melanie would ignore him and go for Lauren's throat anyway. But she surprised him and exhaled deeply, shaking her hands at her sides to let the frustration Julian knew she contained loose. Get to the point, Magister, Radric said. His tone was bland, but from the wrinkles around his eyes, Julian could see that he was about ready to rip Lauren's throat out himself. Lauren snorted disdainfully. I am willing to let your alliance with this thing go unreported, Constable. Lauren clearly did not know who he was talking to. Or, rather, he did not know Ratrick enough to recognize the warning signs. Julian was hardly surprised at all when he just kept on going, digging his own grave. But you must understand I have an obligation to bring her back with me to face justice. Raedric's nostrils flared almost as much as Melanie's did. Julian had to lay a restraining hand on her arm to keep her in check. He was not able to do the same with his friend. In a flash, Raedric's sword was out of its scabbard. The mage tried to retreat, but Raedric grabbed Lauren's right shoulder with his left hand and held him close, pressing the edge of the blade into Lauren's throat. The mage's skin wrinkled beneath the sword's steel, just a hair's breadth more pressure and it would draw blood. And Loren knew it. His eyes widened in shock. In fear. Raedric spoke very softly, very firmly. Melanie is not a thing, he said. Not an abomination. She is my friend, and you will not have her. Ever. He drew a deep breath and seemed to calm himself a bit. We need your help, Magister, he said, and released the mage, giving the slight man a little shove away from him. And you need ours. We will track this outdweller back to its master with you. You will get your fugitive. But then, you leave us in peace. Radric's brow furrowed and his voice took on a dangerous tone. And you will never tell your people about Melody. Ever. Loren looked spooked. It was the first time Julian had ever seen him that way. He raised his fingers to his throat and felt along the area Raedric's sword had touched, then pulled them away and looked at them as though expecting blood. Seeing none, his shoulders slumped, but his eyes still burned with pride. "'You are in no position to dictate terms, constable,' he said, spitting out the title with all the contempt he could muster. "'The Magisterium has authority over matters magical, not—' "'Not here,' Raedric finished. "'Not with her.' Lauren glowered and looked away from Radric toward Julian. Julian put on his best scowl and let his sword hand fall onto the hilt of his weapon. The mage sniffed and scanned the faces of the men surrounding them. They were all as implacable as Julian felt, and as Radric looked. Finally, Lauren nodded. "'Fine. She goes free,' he said. Then, raising his index finger, he added, "'For now. But if she puts her foot wrong with the Magisterium again, or sets foot outside this veil—' He left the rest unsaid. Radric nodded, agreed. Melody? He looked at her, questioning. Melanie shrugged. Didn't intend to go anywhere else anyway. Then we have an accord, Loren said. He rolled his shoulders and turned away from Radric in the direction the outweller fled. He took a step, but the circle of townsfolk did not give way. Loren looked back at Radric, an eyebrow quirking upward again. Do you mind? Radric nodded at the townsfolk, and the circle opened, letting Loren pass. The mage departed, hurrying down the street after the outdweller. Julian looked at radric questioningly. You believe him? radric shrugged. If he's lying, we can kill him later. Chuckling, Julian joined his friend as he followed along behind Loren. The game was afoot, after all. 25. Pursuit It was a half-block before Julian realized that Melanie was jogging along with them, and then only because she caught up to them and threatened to pass him up. "'You sure you want to come with us?' he said between breaths. She rolled her eyes. "'You'll all die if you go up against that thing without me,' she said. "'And then I'll have to clean up your mess. Of course I'm coming.' Julian would have chuckled, but the pace precluded it. Instead, he just grinned at her. She returned it in kind, but the smile did not reach her eyes, which looked haunted pained. Are you going to be okay? Melanie flinched slightly, but her stride did not alter. She nodded quickly, but said nothing more. Julian left it at that. They jogged along after Lauren, who turned through the streets of Lytleton seemingly at random, but presumably following the Outweller's trail toward its, or rather its master's, hideout. I thought you said the warding would weaken it enough so Julian and I could take it alone, Raidrick said, a question in his tone. Lauren managed a little shrug as he jogged. I had not realized how powerful it is. It appears to be a lord of one of the Dark Plains. They are, he paused for a breath, and Julian thought for emphasis, formidable. They ran on. Why doesn't it just go back to where it came from? Julian asked after the third turn. Why run away like this? Melanie opened her mouth to reply, but Lauren cut her off. Because it was summoned, the maid said. It can only enter or leave this world from the place it was summoned. Lauren did not look back at them as he answered. He had not looked back at all. Julian would bet good money he did not know Melanie was with them. He was in for a shock. Julian could not help grinning at the thought. So if we kill it here, away from its place of summoning? Raidrick asked. It dies. Forever. Lauren's voice held a certain satisfaction as he answered. Wow, that was something Julian did not know. Although if he was honest with himself the things he did not know could fill an entire library all the same he had always been taught that the denizens of the outer planes were immortal unaging undying even if you killed one of them the legends said he would just regenerate and be ready to come after you again but apparently that only applied on their home planes if an outdweller could truly die here in the real world no wonder they don't come here very often julian said aloud indeed lauren replied then he turned right down a cross street. This street will take us out of town, Radric said. Lauren just shrugged and jogged on. Sure enough, they passed the last houses of Lytleton proper, and shortly thereafter, the street ended in the face of the tall grass that dominated most of Glimmervale during the warm months. Except that tonight, there was a path beaten through the grass. Half again as wide as the broadest man Julian had ever met, it led away from the town to the north toward the easternmost edges of the Glamourwood and the hills and mountains beyond. Loren pulled up short, panting heavily. He bent forward and rested his hands upon his knees, catching his breath. Part of Julian wanted to do the same, but he would not allow himself to mimic the mage's lack of conditioning, so instead he worked hard to keep himself upright. He took in long breaths and forcibly held them in to make it look as though he was not winded. That did not do much as far as getting his breath back, but it made him feel better. For his part, Loren took several moments before he straightened. He looked back at Raitrick and Julian, then noticed Melody, and he scowled. "'I did not invite you, woman,' he said, applying all manner of derision to the word woman as he spoke it. "'And yet here I am anyway, Vigilant harvested," Melanie said calmly. She was not breathing heavily at all. Curse her. "'We both know you will need my help to prevail this night.' Loren scowled at her for a long moment. Then he looked away, saying nothing more. Enough, Radric said. He was not winded in the slightest, Julian noticed. He made a mental note to join Radric on his daily runs from then on. Let's finish this. Radric set off through the grass, his shoulders set in the determined manner Julian knew so well. It was kill or be killed now, until one side or the other prevailed. Right, Julian said. Let's get to it. Then he followed his friend into the grass. The trail was easy enough to follow, even in the dim light of the stars and the crescent moon, now low over the eastern hills, as she got ready to lay down her burden for the day. Not that her burden was all that large at this time of year, but Julian supposed her longer rest now made up for her greater burden at other times, when she had to shine the entire night through and some of the day as well. As opposed to the outdweller's course through town, the trail through the grass ran straight enough that Julian could have set his compass to it. Never once did the thing deviate from its track northward, It just continued on, and the mountains ahead of them slowly loomed closer, darker bits of darkness that slowly blotted out more stars as their little group drew nearer. Does this make sense to you? Julian asked after a half-hour following the trail deeper into the wilderness. Why would it run straight like this? That question had been bugging him for the last quarter mile, and it just irked him more with every step. It presumes we lost its trail in the town, Lauren said, again without looking back at Julian. Julian stopped. No way this thing is that stupid. Melanie stopped beside him. Radric looked over at Julian and frowned, then slowed his steps and stopped as well. Something was not right here. Lauren was not to be dissuaded, though. It is injured and it needs to retreat to its home, he said, finally slowing to look back at them. Just then, something reared out of the grass ahead of them and to the right, just past Lauren's shoulder. A sickly, sweet, rotten scent swept over them as it moved, a scent Julian recognized instantly. The Outdweller. Get down! Julian and Radric yelled together, even as they both drew their blades and charged forward. Melanie beat them both. They had not gone more than two steps before her hands again lit up with the fire. She raised both hands and fire lanced out over Julian's head, good thing he had decided to run at a crouch, toward the beast. But the fire struck nothing. It just flew away into the night for several seconds before Melanie raised her hands and shut the flames off. Julian looked at her and noticed she was clenching her fists tightly. Was that how she controlled it? It's still out there, Melanie said, cocking her head sideways, listening. Julian did the same, and found that he could hear it too. Low, almost too low to register, but it was there. A rhythmic thumping. It was impossible to tell which direction it came from. It seemed to emanate from everywhere. He turned a complete circle, squinting out into the blackness, and flexed his fingers on the grip of his sword. Nothing. I don't like this, he said. Raytric grunted in reply, and that grunt carried entire levels of agreement. The outdweller's sound grew louder, as though it was getting closer. And then, abruptly, it stopped. Silence reigned. Even the usual night insects were missing. I like this even less. No sooner had the words left Julian's mouth than the silence was eclipsed by a roar that put the silver falls to shame. Waves of sound rolled over them, striking against them in a physical blow that sent Julian and his companions to their knees. He reflexively covered his ears with his hands as he went down, but it did no good. The sound came on and on, hammering him again and again until he lay rolled in a ball on the ground. He ached all over from the pummeling. His ears rang intensely, and he felt like he would never be able to move again. Several seconds of lying like that before Julian realized that the onslaught of noise had ceased. Or had it? He pushed himself up to a sitting position and tried to say something to Lauren, who lay sprawled next to him. But again, all he could hear was the ringing in his ears. He could not even hear himself speak, the ringing was so loud. This was bad. Very bad. He had dropped his sword somewhere. Frantically, he looked around for it. All around, his companions were slowly beginning to come to their senses, but they were not doing it fast enough. There, he snatched up his sword and forced himself to his feet, just in time to see two pairs of gleaming red orbs approaching from within a shadow deeper than the blackest night. Bugger me, he tried to say, though, deafened as he was, he could not be sure how it came out. The outdweller was at most twenty feet away, moving quickly. Julian kicked Loren with the back of his boot and then advanced. Every part of his sane mind screamed at him to run the other way. He could not win this one. But this time, that part of him did not come close to taking control. It was one thing to take no action while others could. It was something else entirely to flee while leaving your friends helpless. Okay, Loren did not count as a friend, but for this night at least he was an ally, and that amounted to the same thing. He stumbled as he advanced, suddenly realizing he did not have his equilibrium fully. The darkness around the outdweller swirled forward like a whip, aimed at Julian's head, but passed over him. Had he not stumbled right then, he had no doubt the thing would have taken his head clean off. Another tendril of black came at him, visible only because it was darker than the night around it. Julian threw himself forward into a roll, hoping against hope that he had guessed right about the thing's trajectory, but bracing himself in case he had not. Again amiss somehow. He came out of the roll and up to his feet, mostly, and he had to fling himself back to the ground and shield his eyes as the sun, or rather suns, dozens of them, flew through the air past him and into the darkness of the outdweller's body. The beast drew back. Julian presumed it roared, but even that mighty noise could not penetrate the ringing in his ears. He looked over his shoulder and saw Lauren up on his knees, his staff in his hands. Then another burst of stars flew from the staff, and all Julian could see for several long seconds were purple afterimages. The ground shook. Once. Twice. Something hot flashed briefly over top him. And then all was still. Not silent, his ears still rang loudly. But still. Julian raised his head and looked around. Lauren stood leaning against his staff. Melanie was on one knee a short distance away, her hands aglow with flame. Raedric remained on the ground. Dread flowed through Julian to see that. He pushed himself to his feet and stumbled over to his friend. Or tried to. He fell back to his knees before he could go more than a yard. Damn it. Julian called out Raedric's name, futilely. The others were likely no better at hearing than he was at the moment, but that did not matter. Raedric needed help. Julian pushed himself back to his hands and knees and crawled over to where Raedric lay. The other man was sprawled on his back, his left arm bent at an unnatural angle from its shoulder. His eyes were closed, and in the flickering light of Melanie's fire, Julian could not tell if he was breathing or not. Julian reached out and shook his friend's shoulder. Raytrick's entire body stiffened and he jerked up into a sitting position, his mouth wide as though he were shouting. Again, nothing but ringing in Julian's ears, but that did not matter. Right then, he was so happy to see his friend moving, he did not mind one bit. Julian grinned broadly. Raydric replied with a grimace, and a look that could kill at 15 paces. He probably should have shaken the other shoulder.
0: Apparently the beastie be strong. But not that strong. At least not so strong they can't be scared off. At least a little while. And our boys have taken some hits. Probably not a spoiler to let you know they're going to keep chasing But uh, we'll see what happens when they continue to the chase in the next two chapters, which this weekend will be very shortly. Um, But if you can't wait a few hours or a day or so for the next ones, go buy the book! Outdweller, and all the Glimmervale books, and all the books I've written, I've written seven novels, and 50-some short stories, and a bunch of novellas, and (laughs) I'm sitting on about 60 stories that haven't been published yet, because... I've been a slacker and also because I've been, you know, feeding them the various markets to you know, get official officially quote professionally unquote published, uh, to get more eyes on my work because right? more eyes equals more money, which is good. Um, it's, but all those will be coming out in the near future. Uh, once I get around to it and once I'm very certain that there's, uh, that I've ex- done all the other possibilities possible with them. Um and I'm thinking about some uh cool concepts maybe for do some kickstarters with them and stuff too stand by for that. But anyway, all you can find all my stuff on MichaelKingswood.com and ssnstorytelling.com which is the business site and the web store where we can buy stuff um where my publishing arm is uh you can also of course find them on the amazon and kobo and barnes and noble and all those other places i get more money if coming straight to me and it gets more in my control and it's cooler that way so come by pick up some stories, pick up some books and you know that'd be awesome if you don't want to do that fair enough swing by the next episode and come by for the next two chapters uh, happy to have you by all means though between now and then share with all your friends like subscribe let people know the cool things we're doing I will talk to you next time. Until then, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. For information on my books, visit michaelkingswood.com or visit my web store at ssnstorytelling.com. My books are all available through all the various retailers, but buying direct from me nets me the most profit. For information on new releases and other special deals in the future, sign up for my newsletter on my website. Storytime with Michael Kingswood is copyright of Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music is copyright Gene Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.